This is Arrowhead Pride Radio on 610 Sports Radio. That's true. It is Arrowhead Pride Radio. Good Wednesday evening to you, Kansas City, along with Pete Sweeney, Kent Swanson, spinning the wheels across the glass, Chris Unocero. I'm the sports machine, Sean Levine. And this is a very exciting time because the Royals, I don't think, are going to make a second-half push. I'm convinced, Pete. I was talking with Vahe Gregorian of the Kansas City Star the other day, and he confirmed to me if they were to win out, they'd still miss the playoffs. So you're saying there's not a chance. Well, that's too bad, but at least we get to talk some football. You were out at St. Joe earlier today, and we found out the true hero of the day is Jeff the Uber driver. That's right. I was on my way down here do Arrowhead Pride Radio. I'm on the highway. My right back tire goes over. It had to have been a brick the size of this thing. I don't know what it was. This big black brick. I've been trying to tell people about those damn Missouri highways, man. And then you hear it. The circle of death. Pick it, 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 pick it. Gashed tire. So... Rather than trying to figure it out, should I change it? Should I call Geico? This thing's a mess. Hold on. Can you change it? Is that an option? Yeah. Are you a grown man? I mean, it would. It does take me a while. It would take me a while, but I think I could figure it out. But I said to myself, I got to get down here. We only got an hour to the show. So I called Uber. My guy Jeff came through for me. If you want to see a picture of Jeff, you can go to my Twitter, at PG Sween. Uh, nice conversation with them. Good off the record Christian Okoye story. And here I am. I saw the picture. You ride Uber in your shotgun. Or, I'm sorry, you ride shotgun in your Uber? Yeah, because, listen, they're people, too. The Uber drivers, you know? I don't want them yeah, got to a think I feel... Also for I'm not going to stick my nose up to the Uber driver and not sit with them. I'm going to ride shotgun with them. All right, so Pete ended up here. Good thing or a bad thing, that will be determined within <laughs> the next hour because we've got Ken Swanson sitting in as well from Arrowhead Bride. Not as many people care about your story as they do what's going on right now with Bashad Breland. No, uh, and Kent, you know, Kent alludes to this. We've been talking about Brashard Breland for the past two days. We have been waiting for this announcement. Carrington Harrison of this station has confirmed the Chiefs are very high on him. They weren't going to let him leave to go visit the Browns and the Colts. And Kent, this is a huge part of the secondary. He's not only been on the field at Chiefs camp, he's been in the dorm. I saw him today walk in the dorm yet still not signed, one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. But what, in your mind, a guy who all you do is watch film, what would Bashad Breeland mean to this team? Oh, he'd be a huge ad. Um, and, uh, you know, the Chiefs have been kicking the tires on him for a while, it seems. And that was on purpose, Pete Sweeney. Um, you know, I, I think um, I think he's right in the competition right away for the two, three cornerback spot. Um, and there's a lot to like about him. Uh, Craig Stout has been doing a lot of extensive review of him, but uh, the the nerd squad, myself, Matt Lane, and Craig have been uh, conversing a lot the last couple of days, kind of breaking down his film together. And um, man, I, there's there's a lot to like about him, specifically kind of as a as a press man corner. And that's something if the Chiefs are really intent on doing ninety five percent of the time, like David Amerson said in that quote. Uh, beginning of the preseason or beginning of the offseason, I, I think he could be a really solid fit and an immediate impact on this roster. Is Breland a want or is he a need at this point? Because when you talk about weaknesses of this team, they're fine at running back. They're fine at wide receiver. Obviously, at quarterback, the offensive line's okay. Even the linebacker, I feel pretty good about everything except for that secondary. Do they need Breland? A, pr- a, a premium position, yeah. I mean, I think you take any 
any depth you can at the cornerback position. You know, um, you know, one injury there, and, and all of a sudden it's even more thin than it than it looks right now. So um, I think it makes all the sense in the world to bring in a guy like this. And if they if they try to go multi year on it, I don't think that's a bad risk either. I think that could be a potentially nice value pick uh pickup you know for for 2019 too and it's 100 percent necessary i think when we were talking about the supplemental draft i was focused on the cornerbacks and i'm i'm like why is brett not doing this and it had to be because he didn't like sam beal as much as it turned out sam beal today out for the year with a shoulder injury went to the, right went to the new york giants so dodged a bullet maybe a little bit blessing uh in disguise for the chiefs and here they have Breland who you know, could be competition for the number two job. And by all indications, I'm like, I don't understand what's going on. I've tried to talk to people that I know. No one really has a true feel for what's happening in St. Joe. But he's, this is what I'll say. The feeling that you get as he's walking in the dorms today, I, I watched him walk by me, is he's on the Chiefs. It's just not official. Like, there's no, there's been no sign. It's just one of the weirder things I've seen since I started covering the NFL. I saw a report from The Star in one of their articles that he took a selfie with Brett Veach and a bunch of other people. I mean, You ain't taking <laughs> selfies with the GM if you're not signing a contract. Is he sending that to, like, Reggie McKenzie and John Dorsey, like, hey, I got your guy here? It's not a bad sign. You know, I'm, it's not necess- it doesn't necessarily mean that this thing's all said and done, but it's definitely not a bad sign. They did uh, definitely avoid the injury by not getting involved, as you mentioned, in the supplemental draft. When it comes to injuries, you were out there today. These guys are actually walking into camp. It's time to move into the dorms. Let's just go over a few names. Tell me what you know about them, if you saw them, and how they look going forward. D Ford. So D Ford, we have seen. He has been there since Sunday. He came back. A couple of these veterans came back early who were injured because what – the uh, head trainer, Rick Burkholder, said is they're treating these couple days before the, all the other veterans got there as a rehab period for these guys. D Ford's good to go. And a couple of these guys, and you can go ahead and, and name them off, but he's good to go. And I wasn't necessarily expecting that, him, him to be 100% at the beginning of this camp. He sounds healthy. He sounds ready to go. They're taking it day by day. They're, you know, they're going slow with him. But by all indications, he should be good, good to go by the start of the season. Tell me Mitch Morris is healthy because the offensive line needs him to be. That was the biggest surprise for me. I did not expect Mitch Morris to be healthy entering this camp. Andy Reid was a little wishy-washy. I asked him straight up, you know, back, I think right before OTAs broke, you know, is he ready to go? And he was he was pushing Cam Irving, who doesn't even like the center position, so it's good that Mitch Morris is back in huge Huge for the Chiefs. There's a bunch of Williams that can run the ball on this team. There's no Ted Williams. There's no Ricky Williams. But there is a Damian Williams. What do you know about his health? Damian Williams should be good to go as well. Uh, the the only two guys that Andy Reid mentioned ahead of camp that could have problems were DeAnthony Thomas and Ashton Lampkin. Since then, Lampkin hasn't been on the field, and DeAnthony's been on the field. But DeAnthony and Spencer Ware are not ready for contact yet. I'm sure that could change soon because Spencer Ware looks pretty good. I wasn't exactly sure if that was still on this team based on production since he's been here. But that brings me to a question, and we kind of finished the show last week by talking about this, Pete. Is he the guy, healthy, that's going to return kicks and punts for this team? A lot of people would think Tyree Kill, and you might as well take the kickoff thing out of it because with the new rules, that's basically obsolete. But when it comes to punt returns, do you really want a quote-unquote front-line wide receiver that we all believe Tyree Kill is going to become returning punts? As far as we know, and according to Dave Tobe, the last he's talked about it, Tyree Kill is still your punt returner. I think kick returners up for grab. Again, there are the rule changes. That's that's a, a very underrated storyline, I think, across the National Football League this offseason is kick returns are going to look a lot different last year, if you really, or this year, I should say. 
if you really look at how the rules change, it should be more like a punt. And I've been pushing during the offseason. I wrote an article about it on Arrowhead Pride a while ago that I, if they're going to be more like punts, then Tyreek should be back there. I think he should stay as a punt returner because he's just too dangerous. Even when there's going to be times when he's not necessarily going to be a threat to score a touchdown, but then you get into the punter's head and maybe he kicks it out of bounds 10, 10 20 yards and Patrick Mahomes is starting on the 40 instead of, the other 30. See, Ken, I'm not with that. I just as well assume if he does turn into, he's not going to be Antonio Brown, but he might be a top five, top six wide receiver this year. You don't risk it because it's not worth the biscuit. You're going to get maybe two or three touchdowns. Last year, he had one or two touchdowns called back. But is that really worth it when you've got another option? I don't think he's a full-time guy, but I think you should give him a few opportunities here and there to take advantage of his elite skill set, especially since there's only one football. It's going to be harder and harder for everyone to get their touches and get an opportunity here and there for Tyreek Hill to, uh, to to make a big play without having to get, you know, get rid of some of the targets for some of the other players that they're having to keep happy to. I'm also curious to see offensively if Andy switches things up since he has not just one big-time new weapon in his arsenal named Pat Mahomes, but also you add Sammy Watkins. We'll talk about that as we roll on. Speaking of Andy Reid, always a quotable guy. And, Pete, you've got the top five quotes that have come out of training camp so far. Right. The Chiefs have been up in St. Joseph since Sunday, and that has uh, provided four different media opportunities to listen and see kind of what's going on this team. And, Again, you know, we did this show throughout the summer. Not a ton going on, so it was refreshing to get to hear from some of these players. And I have the top five quotes so far of training camp. We'll start with Andy Reid, who really said this is a new era in Chiefs football. What's different about this year in that regard? Well, yeah, you have, a, you have new. There, there's, a, there, there's more new, I would say, on both sides of the ball. Some of the old guys that, that, that have been here uh, aren't here. And, and so... Uh, you know, whether it's a quarterback position, uh, the inside linebacker position, outside linebacker position, uh, you're, you're missing a few of those guys and, and you have new guys coming in that that uh, uh, you have an opportunity to, to see perform. And so some of them we haven't seen uh, corner spots. So uh, that's exciting to me. I'm looking forward to that. I know the players are, too. So. Uh, but there's a there's a new to answer your question there's a there's a new maybe more so than we've had maybe since the first year when I was new so it's uh it, I'm excited about this Kent how good is new for the 2018 Kansas City Chiefs my dad told me a long time ago if things are good change is bad but if things are bad change is good and things have been pretty good the last few years I think it's I think change is a good thing here. Um, you know, you think about the guys that they've lost. You know, the newness that he's talking about is 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 losing guys like like Derek Johnson and, and Tom Bahali that were staples of this roster for a long period of time. Um, they I don't I don't want to disrespect those guys' career, but it does kind of feel like they've trimmed a little bit of the fat as far as on field performance. The the nucleus of this roster is still there, especially on the defensive side. I was thinking about this the other day. They've got you know, they've still got Chris Jones, Justin Houston, Eric Berry, guys like that. They've got the strong nucleus there still. But now you're you're putting in some fresh blood uh, at key positions like, you know, uh, like Anthony Hitchens entering the roster and then Breland Speaks and Tano Passanio uh, and D Ford kind of competing on the other side of the ball. So I think it's a good thing. On the offensive side, key position, you've got the new quarterback in Pat Mahomes. Pete's excited. You're excited. The listener's excited. I can't wait. Well, you know how excited everybody is. What about the president of the Chiefs? I think just like everyone else, and the most interesting thing to me in Donovan today was his quote about Andy Reid. Because Andy Reid 
He'll, he'll, he'll have his quotes at a press conference. He'll talk to the media, but he sometimes can be a little bit guarded. And here was another perspective on how Andy Reid is feeling about this season at number four. What's this been like for Andy? I mean, I know he loved Alex Smith, so I don't mean yeah. it in that respect. Yeah. But, but having a, a guy with Pat's ability to work with, yeah. what's this been like for him, do you think? You'd have to ask him that question. I'd give you my perspective, which is he's more excited than I've seen him in a long time. Not only about Pat again. You know, you put Sammy Watkins out there, Tyreek, Kels, Kareem. You get, <laughs> if you're an offensive coordinator with the mind that he has and the creativity that he likes to bring to this game, that gets you excited. Um, and that goes back to Brett and what he's done and the way they work together. How do you, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. How do you see that, that excitement from Andy? What, what leads you to say that this is as excited as you've seen him in a while? Um, well, he's, he's the hardest working guy I've ever been around, so I'm not going to say that he's worked harder. Yeah, um, right, right. But right. there's definitely, you know, the conversations we have about what we could do, and um, I think he's looking at a lot of options he may not have looked at in the past, say, well, you know, we could probably do that because of the athletes we have on the field and the way they sort of match up together. So we might take a shot here, may take a shot here. We'll try to develop this play versus, you know, maybe not having all those tools. And, again, it's not just Pat. You look at you put Sammy Watkins on the field with everybody else, it creates some stress for the defense. The two people that I think are most excited about Patrick Mahomes that I've heard vocally express it are Peter Schrager and Peter Sweeney. But you're telling <laughs> me that Chad Haney is also excited about the guy that essentially the guy whose job he wants. Yeah, Chad Henney, backup quarterback. I think the key to this quote here at number three is he's been in the league for 11 years. So you think about no that. No way. As you listen to this. Yeah, machine, 11 years. Is that right? That's right. It feels like just yesterday. Oh, well. That <laughs> he was drafted by the, by the Jacks. I shed a tear. Chad Henney, 11 seasons, seen a lot of football. Here's what he had to say about Patrick Mahomes. And they're, very, they're both mobile, uh, you know, strong arms, uh, pets. I mean probably one of the stronger arms I've been around. So, uh, you know, he can make every throw, that's for sure. Would you but, say the strongest? Yeah, i put it up there. I mean, I came out with Joe Flacco, so I felt Joe had a great strong arm. I was around Ryan Mallett for a little bit at Michigan when he was a freshman. Uh, kind of those big, big guys that can really hose it in there. But, I mean, for Pat's size, I mean, I haven't seen anything like it. So it's it's a lot of fun to be around, but at the same time, it's take what they give you. Not always pumping that thing. You know, it's obviously a threat to have, but, uh, you know, make smart decisions with it as well. 11 years. That's a decade plus one. Thank He's you. never seen anything like it. We don't need Tomba comparing him to Brett Favre, but we also don't need the Joe Flacco comparison. That's a bit of an insult. Interesting thing about this, and I want to throw it to Kent for this, is you were really interested in the last part of this quote. Yeah, no, I, I the arm strength stuff, it's, it's good to hear, uh, pound for pound. I'm, I'm going to call it pound for pound, the best army's ever seen, because if he's, you know, he's talked about the big guys. No, Pat's pound for pound, the best army's ever seen. Um, but the most interesting part about this to me is, is the mentality that he's trying to instill in Patrick Mahomes. And I think the, the mentality of that entire you know, quarterback room is trying to instill is just taking what, you, t- taking what the defense gives you. you know, the thing that's going to be critical for him is navigating the line between when to utilize his rare arm talent and abilities and when to just take a profit, you know, and, and that's the thing that um, is going to be the key to whether or not Pat Mahomes has a successful second, second year. Let's not pretend like Pat's the only new face on the offensive side of the ball. You add Sammy Watkins and you also add a new offensive coordinator and Eric Bieniemy. I suppose, because we haven't really heard from him. Right. Uh, Eric Bieniemy. I'm sure he'll start to talk at some point 
next week, next two weeks. We'll finally get to hear from him and what he thinks of the offense so far. But Andy Reid was asked, how is the transition going from Eric for Eric Bieniemy, who was the running backs coach last year? Now he's the offensive coordinator. And you're not here hearing as much yelling so far at training camp. Andy Reid was asked that, and it comes in at number two on our top five quotes. We're talking about Eric. You know, we don't seem to be hearing him yell and scream as much as he used to and everything. Is that just part of this new role, or do you think it's going to come when he gets kind of more comfortable? No, listen closer. (laughs) (laughs) Point being, Eric is now hopping around from group to group, and he's yelling a little bit closer, so maybe the fans can't hear it. What's his actual responsibility, though, as far as calling plays? Because Andy Reid is an offensive guru. Non-existent. Right, so it's a title, right? Right now, I, I think it's a I think it's a title. I think it's a scheme thing. I think he's a master where he can go to offensive meetings to represent to Andy Reid. As far as play calling, I don't think Eric Bieniemy will ever call plays. I don't think it's going to be a play call role, but there's still a lot of things that he's trying to do. You know, coordinator is part of the of, of the job title, and he's doing a job kind of holding people accountable for their responsibilities. You know, the, the one of the things Andy Reid talks about all the time is is his offensive game plan is a collaborative effort. He's got certain guys handling third down work and, and goal line work. So there's a lot of organization and coordination that – uh, that the enemy is going to be responsible for to help hold the entire unit accountable as they game plan moving forward into the season. And clearly one of the guys that the enemy wants to see, needs to see back on the field is Spencer Ware. Yeah, and Spencer Ware has a good chance to make this team now that he converted his contract to incentive-based. And, and so I, I see him making this 53-man roster. And so what I was curious about, curious about the other day was, what is his role going to be? So I asked I asked Spencer Ware, have you talked to the enemy about it? And here's what he said. Number one quote so far at training camp. Do you lend your Eric Bieniemy kind of talk to you about your role this year or what it could be? Um, just get your ass back. <laughs> That's pretty much. No need to say more because Spencer Ware does need to get his ass back. If you think about three years ago, two seasons ago, you lose Jamal Charles to the Broncos and Spencer Ware becomes your feature back. And I think there was a collective – Okay, in Kansas City, we'll see what we got. When he went down and we were all introduced to Kareem Hunt, yeah. we all went, oh, thank goodness. You know, two, well, really about five minutes into his career. But when it comes to Spencer Ware in his role now, it's as critical as it's ever been as a backup. Well, what was really refreshing to me, and I think the most refreshing thing from training camp that I'm coming away with so far in three days, not open to the public, is that everyone is so freaking healthy. And I understand. Uh, that it's in shorts, but I just wasn't expecting that. And Spencer Ware is included in that. And I think that's what led the Chiefs to saying, okay, how can we keep this guy? Because maybe they were thinking of cutting him before restructuring the contract. And so when you see Spencer Ware in the field and he has the burst that he had before this really rare injury, and you're thinking, wait, he's going to be combined with Kareem Hunt now? That's going to be a nice one and two. And if you thought the Chiefs were maybe rebuilding or anything, the fact that Bashad Breeland's on that field, this is a go. They're going for the Super Bowl. I, don't, I mean, I don't care. I understand it's a new era, but they can win the Super Bowl this year, and they're making the moves and doing the things to perhaps do that. We'll switch sides of the ball coming up next from the offense to the defense, and, of course, we'll talk beer with our draft analyst, Craig Stout, although today's hero for the next eh, 40 minutes, however long we're here, is Jeff the Uber driver. You're the man, Jeff. It's Arrowhead Pride Radio, 610 Sports Radio. This is Arrowhead Pride Radio on 610 Sports Radio. Arrowhead Pride Radio, rolling along your radio, 610 Sports Radio, and all over the world on the Radio.com app. Chris Unocero, Pete Sweeney, and Kent Swanson of Arrowhead Pride. I am merely the sports machine, Sean Levine. Hey, how'd you feel earlier today, Kent, when 
our boss, the big boss, go for John come and he goes, oh, you're not Craig Stout. You're not the beer guy. How'd that make you feel? I'm not as cool as Craig, I'll, and I'm not as tall, and I'm not as handsome as Craig Stout. That man is, is – we're lucky to have him at Arrowhead. He Pride. must be an Adonis, and I say this very comfortable in my sexuality. You are a tall and good-looking guy, my friend. Well, Craig is just better. Is he? He's burly, and he's the defensive film analyst for Arrowhead Pride. Craig, 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 we have the weirdest case of signing someone – Potentially in NFL history, Bashad Breeland hanging out with the Chiefs, eating with the Chiefs, dorming with the Chiefs, not necessarily on the Chiefs. You've been diving in the film anyway, though. What have you learned so far? Yeah, guys, when I uh, heard that Breeland was, had a visit with the Chiefs and he left the Raiders, I started diving in. And the very first thing that I went and I did is I went and I looked at the AFC West since the Redskins played them last year. And, ooh, Kent can attest to this. I was not pleased initially. He, not. Uh, he he had some bad moments against the AFC West last year. But then I started looking at some more games and more games, and I found as the Redskins had him press, he was actually shutting down guys like Sammy Watkins and Michael Thomas and Alshon Jeffrey, guys that are really good in this league, and he was hanging with them. It flipped me completely on him after an initial no-sell. But, Craig, in the game of football and the game of life, it's the same thing. There's not always going to be a good option, but there is always going to be a best option. Do you think that right now this is the best option for the Chiefs? 100%. I, I think that there's zero question that, that Breland makes this team better. And not only does it make it better, you know, we, we've been talking a lot about David Amerson. David Amerson seems to be the whipping boy this offseason because he's – the third corner. He's hashtag whipping there. boy. Yeah, hashtag whipping boy. Uh, but Emerson now goes from being this third corner to a fourth corner. And boy, I'll tell you what, David Emerson is a fourth corner is a pretty good fourth corner. You never have a great guy in that position. You want a guy that can step in for several games if you need to while a guy gets healthy. David Emerson is that, whereas Bashad Breland is a legitimate starting boundary corner. Craig, I said to myself going into this season, the cornerback position was my number one concern, and not necessarily at the top, but more so the depth. And I said, if somehow the Chiefs and Brett Veach, and I, I was wondering why Brett Veach wasn't making a move, but I said, if somehow the Chiefs and Brett Veach could get another quality cornerback, this would be the key to the puzzle. This is, this is it. I mean, and this is a complete team now. What does his addition mean for this defense as a whole when it comes to what Bob Sutton is now able to do from just a general standpoint. Bob Sutton wants to press. That's no secret. Uh, Bob had guys over the past two or three years who either weren't good in press or didn't want to press or, you know, he didn't get an across-the-board scheme that could press and hasn't had one since 2015 with Sean Smith and rookie Marcus Peters. Now this team can press. Kendall Fuller can press. Bashad Breeland can press. Steven Nelson can press. They can actually line up and get physical with receivers. And now all of a sudden that adds up to three, four, five seconds for the pass rush to get home. It completely changes the dynamic for everything. Bob can call more blitzes. Bob can rush more guys now knowing that they can get home. That's some serious Bobsativity. It's very appreciated. The original, by the way, hashtag whipping boy for the cornerback position. 
is Eric Warfield here in Kansas City. Even though, <laughs> even though Twitter wasn't around, I had that like 15 years ago. Man, we missed you last week. We did a beer of the week, but it wasn't quite as Craig Stout-ish. So can you give us the official beer of the week this week? I mean, it just feels good to be back. Yeah, yeah. No, it's great to be back. After a week in Colorado drinking beer, I'm back. This is a Missouri beer from Mother's Brewing Company mm. in Springfield, Missouri. It's called Three Blind Mice. It's an American brown, but it's a kind of a blend of three dark beers. It's chocolatey, a little bit of roast. It's got a, just a slight hop bitterness, and it finishes really dry and sweet. It's an easy beer to drink. It's approachable for everybody. Craig, you can't see this, but big smile on Ken's face as you were describing that beer. <laughs> well, Ken's over there calling me handsome. He's paying me all these compliments while I'm on hold. Just beer and, talk from the sultry voice of Craig Stout. Yeah. Yeah, tell, tell the the world about Kent's hair and how oh, awesome God. Kent's hair is. It really is. I would kill for hair like that, You bro. know, You know Craig's a blogger when he's complimenting my hair. I mean, coming from this... somebody that's part of the bald brotherhood, I would love to have you got, that edit. You got... you got good hair, too, bro. Kent's got some underrated hair, though. Maybe your hair doesn't get talked about enough, Kent. I'm not sure about that. Uh, Craig and Matt just tease me mercilessly about this thing. (laughs) Okay, we know it. He's got great hair. He's a great-looking guy, and he can tell us what the best beer is. Thank you, Craig, so much. We'll talk to you next week, brother. Thanks, guys. You guys are making – you cut him off. That's on you, Pete. That was very rude. (laughs) I thought he was done. You guys are making me self-conscious, though, because Uno Cero has great hair. And Ken has great hair. Pete, you got great hair, and I have no hair. This sucks. Oh, that's okay. Bald is beautiful, baby. It is indeed. You know, sometimes the bald is what makes you the money. Is that's that why not... you wear a hat all the time? It is. Okay. That's not true. Bald does not make you the money. But if you do like it, the money, it's time for 1,000 on the 30s. Text the word THEME, T-H-E-M-E, to 72881. That's THEME. See, we should have used the theme and texted bald, B-A-L-D, but it is what it is, and the code word is theme, T-H-E-M-E to 72881. You could be the national cash winner in the national cash contest. 610 Sports Radio is the only sports radio station in KC giving you a chance to win up to $12,000 each weekday. Just listen on the 30s from 7 to 7, which means, guys, your next chance is tomorrow at 6.30 in the morning right here on Fesco in the morning. A guy that dresses very well, and you tell me that there's some Chiefs players out there that so far have come to camp in some uh, dapper gear. Yeah, we had the veterans finally arriving today. Tell so me this involves a sausage. Yes, it does, of okay. course. So, we have a Chiefs fashion update. Name that you probably didn't know before, but you now will because of what he wore to training camp today. Jordan Devy, back- Never heard of you. backup offensive lineman, came with a mullet, a Hawaiian shirt, and jorts, throwing it back to... The Mahomes jorts with the T-bone shirt. Sammy Watkins. Remember the dreads? Dreads? Yeah, I do. Dreads no more. Get out of here. Maybe he thinks it makes him faster. Does it make him catch more than 65 passes and have nine touchdowns and maybe 1,000 yards, all career highs? I don't know. What do you think, the hair? If I love the hair. I, I I don't know why. I was like, that's a that's a clean look, man. He's all business right now. He's trying to he's trying to uh I will say that I mean I have to be honest. I saw Sammy today and I saw his face and I, I saw that he had the shorter hair and I, I I said to myself, I'm like, why do I recognize him? And I didn't know who it was. He like w- a kid you went to high school with that you see in a bar. Like, he I looks- know this guy from somewhere. Oh yeah, you were it- a, a top five pick in the NFL draft <laughs> the, the a few Chief- years ago. The Chiefs tweeted out a picture from their main account. If you want to see the new look Sammy Watkins, he looks 
very, very different. I mean, it's a good look, but it's way different than what you used if to. If that example sounded like it was real familiar, that actually happened to me when I was in college, same time as Todd Reesing, best quarterback <laughs> in the history of KU. But Todd Reesing is like five foot nine. He looks like an everyman. And I've run into him multiple times on Master. I'm like, how, how, how do I know that guy? Oh, yeah. You're the best quarterback in the history of the school. What was uh, Sharkandrick West rocking? Sharkandrick West, number eight, Kobe Bryant jersey. Respect. I thought he should have went for the LeBron. Or just the 24 Kobe jersey. If you're if you're really going to wear the Kobe jersey, wear the real Kobe jersey. He was jersey. a bad dude back in the eight days. Let's stick to the 24 with Kobe Bryant. It's true. And then Anthony Sherman, if you check the Arrowhead Pride Instagram, probably the best that he has had in four years. He always comes dressed to the nines. This this time it was his macho man, Randy Savage, in an American singlet and a cowboy hat, had the macho man glasses. Here was Anthony Sherman on this year's ensemble. Uh, my wife gave me this idea. So... I like wrestling too, so it worked out. I threw these sleeves on to make it more look professional wrestler. Where did you actually get this? This outfit is actually from Amazon. Knee sleeves are from Rogue, and then I got my Noble shoes on. So. And the cowboy hat? Cowboy hat I got in Newport a couple years back. You said you're a wrestling fan. Who's your favorite wrestler? Ah, uh, Goldberg, Stone Cold, The Rock. Stone, Stone Cold and The Rock, strong Goldberg. Somewhat weak. Sorry, sir. We were looking for Brett the Hitman Hart. <laughs> Try again next time. Snap into a Slim Jim. Oh, yeah, brother. That's Pete Sweeney, Kent Swanson, spinning the wheels across the glass. Just Chris Unocero, Sports Machine, Sean Levine. Coming up next, we know who most of the starters are going to be, but that doesn't mean that there's no position battles in this camp. In fact, there are a lot of them. We'll tell you what they are on the other side right here on Arrowhead Pride Radio. This is Arrowhead Pride Radio on 610 Sports Radio. This is Eric Stone Street. Our teams, our town. 610 Sports Radio, right here, right now. Chris Unocero spinning the wheels tonight on Arrowhead Pride Radio with Pete Sweeney. Kent Swanson, sports machine, Sean Levine. Guys, I feel like congratulations are in order. You two have co-written your first article together is, is isn't that kind of like riding a tandem bike isn't that more awkward than something to, to actually congratulate grown men on you know what i think it's groundbreaking that's what i'll call it for arrowhead pride they do it on nfl.com all the time we're trying to raise the level we got commemorative tees for it. it's awesome do you really yeah and i think we did mm-hmm. this is this like Saturday. a 51 49 thing or is this an exact 50 50 like no, if you don't do. think something should be in the article does he have say to keep it out See, that's the thing. We did a top five position battles at Chiefs training camp, but we added an honorable mention. So no one was doing more work. It was 50-50, and honorable mention is cornerbacks. What made the uh, honorable mention, you mentioned the fourth cornerback. Obviously, that's a position of uh, not just need, but I would say ultimate concern. Well, it definitely is a need because uh, they're trying to bring someone else into that competition now, right? Um, So, I mean, what we were talking about is, I think it's a wide-open battle for that fourth cornerback position uh, unless – Bashad Breeland comes into the mix and then it's probably David Amerson but there's guys I like at the bottom of that roster you got Tremont Smith you got uh, Will Redmond uh, Arian Springs a lot of young guys that are out there to prove themselves I think they've got a nice little mix there and uh, I'm, I'm interested in seeing what Tremont Smith can bring to the table that's the honorable mention we've got an actual top five biggest position battles Pete starting with the third quarterback we know who the starters we know who the backup is but who's the backup's backup it's Chase Litton, who's a rookie, and then Matt McGloin. Matt McGloin's a name you might recognize from the Raiders a few years back. That year when the Raiders were pretty good and they were going toe-to-toe with the Chiefs and then Derek Carr got hurt late in the season and it kind of ruined their playoff chances. 
Matt McLoyne was the first guy with an opportunity to fill in for Derek Carr, but he ended up getting injured as well. So. I actually tore McLoyne in high school. It was horrible. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, it's just horrible. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah, I did. I did. Uh, what about the third wide receiver? I think that finally in my lifetime, Kent, really in anybody's lifetime, if you think about it, not just my dad, but my grandpa, guys have been watching Chiefs forever. This has been a franchise that's been really good at the running back position, really good at the tight end position, really good with several different defensive players. But when it comes to quarterback and wide receiver left a bit to be desired, there's an argument to be made that Tyreek Hill, by the end of the season, can already be considered the best Chiefs wide receiver of all time with the addition of Sammy Watkins. That's a hell of a one-two, but who's number three? Yeah, I mean, I think for me right now, it's Chris Conley. Um, I really like what Conley's able to do as far as stability at that position. You know, he can be trusted to to be where he needs to be. He's a big body receiver. He's a good athlete. Yes, he's coming off of the Achilles injury, but there's a lot to like about him and his skill set, his familiarity with the offense. And uh, he's a guy I'm really interested to see how he bounces back from that injury. That's the guy I would bet on for the number three receiver. How much spot. of a chance does he get, though, with the four headed monster on that side of the ball? Everybody knows the names that I'm talking about. We've all talked about the same issue. Everybody can't have 12 touchdowns and 1,200 yards because there's only one football. Is a guy like Chris Conley's name ever going to come up? I think so because Andy Reid is a head coach who likes a lot of different types of sets. Mm-hmm. So there may be a game when he dials up two or three, three tight end sets, you know, 10, three wide receiver sets. Maybe next game it's 15. Maybe next game it's five where he won't. And that's the beauty of Andy Reid. He has a ton of weapons, maybe the most that he's had in his career. And he's just the guy to figure out what to do with them. And I think that's where you see, like maybe some games, you're right. But other games, he might be involved a lot more. The beauty of Andy Reid is that picture from his youth, the punt, pass, and kick competition. I have to blow that thing up and get it on the wall. (laughs) My buddy has a t-shirt of that does uh, he really yeah and the beauty of andy reed also Can't you send one to your boy you know what i'm gonna do that for you thanks dude birthday's coming up in december but it's never too early wide receiver position i feel really good about running back position can't i feel even better it's just kind of awkward because a couple of years ago jamal was your feature back he was the man he's going to end up in the chief's ring of honor and then he goes to the broncos spencer Ware, a guy that we have seen enough of and feel pretty good about then he goes down last year all of a sudden it comes to kareem hunt all Kareem Hunt does is has the best rookie year of any guy to ever play the position. So he's going to be your starter. We can assume that if healthy, Spencer Ware is going to be your running back. But these days, most teams have at least two, if not three, running backs. So what's the Chiefs plan at that position? Well, you would think before camp began, it would be Sharkandrick West. And that's who I thought would probably win out. But I, I kind of am changing my tune with this Spencer Ware contract restructuring. I think they've seen enough this week that says – Okay, Spencer Ware is going to make this roster, and he looks pretty good. And I know it's in short, so I'm, I'm eager to see Saturday. Saturday, if you're going to be heading up to camp, is the first day with pads. If there's one day this week to go to training camp, it's Saturday, because that's when you could really evaluate. You can't really evaluate these guys until they're wearing pads. Saturday is the first day, so I'm real eager to see if Ware will get involved in that. Again, not clear for, non, uh, for contact yet, but they saw enough to restructure his contract, find a way to keep him on this roster. So I think Spencer Ware has a legit chance to be number two and it's going to be West versus Ware, and then you see how the Williamses, all three of them, work out after that. Wasn't that the situation the entire time that was Spencer Ware? If he was healthy, he was going to make this team? Before this week, I thought there was a way higher chance that he could get cut. Now I think he 
almost assuredly should make this roster. How many running backs do you think they keep on the roster? It's obviously not going to be a Kamara situation like they have down in New Orleans where these guys split carries and you have multiple guys with 1,000 yards. But how many guys do you think actually make the roster at that position? Yeah, that's that's a, a big question going into camp here because I think there's a lot of like fringe players. They could have four running backs. They could have you know three or four tight ends. Just how it how they navigate that. I think it's going to be three. Um, and then I I don't think I I personally think Sharkandrick West. That just that's an easy place to save some money. That's a guy that I'm keeping a very uh, hard, hard look on when it comes to this. And that'd be sad too because he's such a good dude. But it's easy to see. It's it's on the wall because Spencer Ware they found a way to keep him. They're gonna have Kareem Hunt, and then you, the Williams are are signed already. You know they brought him in, and then I think Daryl Williams could make this team. And if he doesn't, he'll be on the practice squad. So, yeah, sure, Kendrick West could be your odd man out, which is sad because he's a great dude. How would Tupac feel about that? He said the West <laughs> side is the best side. You can't cut Shark Kendrick. Well, here's what I would do. I know this is outside the box thinking. Keep them all. I know I keep three Williams is what I do. <laughs> I keep the law firm of Williams, Williams, and Williams. And just get rid of Kareem Hunt at this point. No, you know, no, let's no, keep no, the no, Williams. No, let's not be ridiculous. <laughs> you keep Kareem Hunt, and then you just sub in Williams for Williams for Williams. Let's switch sides of the ball. To me, besides the secondary, which is obviously the biggest concern, it comes down to the starting right outside linebacker position. I'm I'm very intrigued to see. I could make an argument that this is the most important position battle. Um, but you know, you've got three guys. You got D Ford. You've got Tano Passanio. You've got Breland Speaks. Those are three guys that are heavily involved in that competition. They all bring something different. Um, and I think it's going to be a true committee. I think you know you're going to see guy. You're probably going to see Breland Speaks. Uh, come out of this thing with the early down work the the run you know the more predictable rundowns and then you're going to see a guy like d ford pinning his ears back on third down that actually could be a good thing for the for the group as a whole and actually good to kind of keep ford healthy passigno was a guy that i saw today he did not skip workouts no he didn't he, he didn't lay leg again leg that definitely happened again for the 25th year in a row or whatever it is do you feel confident if Speaks is on the field right away that he's going to produce? I think he can do some good things for you on early downs. Um, his development as a pass rusher is going to be what his biggest you know, uh, obstacle to climb is as far as being a consistent three-down player. Um, but there's some intriguing ability there when it comes to his ability to stop the run. And if you can ask him to kind of do that primarily, let him develop as a pass rusher over time, I think that's a great situation for him. One thing you got to worry about now, too, is is he ready to share the Breland namesake? No. <laughs> so the five biggest position <laughs> battles, third quarterback, third wide receiver, second running back, starting right outside linebacker. And nobody wants to talk about this because it's boring and they're called the big uglies. But really, if Patrick Mahomes is going to be worth anything, and if Kareem Hunt is going to repeat his freshman season, if Sammy Watkins is going to have a career year, if Tyree Kill is going to become elite, a lot of this, guys, becomes about the offensive line, more specifically the left guard. Yeah, left guard position is up for grabs here, uh, more so than any position at camp, I would think, because even at right outside linebacker, you think D. Ford probably gets the nod. This one, I think, is going to be a straight battle between Parker Anger, Ryan Hunter, and perhaps Brian Witzman. Witzman didn't get a lot of burn at OTA, so I think it's more Parker Anger, Ryan Hunter, the Canadian undrafted free agent out of Bowling Green. And I think Hunter may take this because I think the Chiefs like him a lot. Anger has a real shot, though. Both of these guys should get a chance to play with the first team. You're blessed having Mitch Morse at center because you'll get the most out of these guys. The center is huge to how each position on that line does. So now you get to see, okay, a real true competition. Who's going to win out at the left guard spot? I think Hunter, the dark horse, probably the underdog in this, pulls it out. We'll see. 
Anger will have something to say about that. Kent, do you feel comfortable with two guys named Mitch? You got a doctor on the line, two Canadians, and of course, the number one overall pick. You cool with that line? I think I'm I'm pretty happy with that line, actually. I think Witzman was obviously the uh, the weak link, and. I think whoever winds up winning that battle is better than what they got at the left guard position last year. It's an it's an upgrade, and they did good last year with the with with Witzman at left guard. Still even, you know, regardless. Pete obviously the weak link to this show, so we brought in Kent Swanson spinning the wow. wheels across the glass. Yes, Pete. Wow, did I offend you? Mm. I'm sorry. A little bit. Kiss on the hand. Yeah. Okay. Okay. During the break. Maybe. Maybe not. That's Chris Unocero, Sports Machine, Sean Levine. Coming up next, we put a bow on this bad boy. Pete reads us what you want to know, and we answer your questions coming up next right here on Arrowhead Pride Radio. This is Arrowhead Pride Radio on 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back into Arrowhead Pride Radio right here on 610 Sports Radio with Pete Sweeney and Kent Swanson. Chris Unocero spinning the wheels. Don't forget, coming up next, Jillian Carroll brings the 2018 Tournament of Nations preview show. Is that really Is that really the name we're going with? That might be the second worst title to a show on this radio station. I'm going with Practice Squad, Sunday morning, still the worst. Guinness Book of World Records long. 2018 Tournament of Nations preview show coming up next right here on 610 Sports Radio. I'm the sports machine, Sean Levine, but you don't care because you've got questions about the Chiefs. Pete, what do the people want to know? First one is from Zane Turner. Could Love the, the name Zane. Could the Chiefs possibly pack any more excitement into this offseason? Seriously, is there anything they can realistically do to ramp things up, up even further? Clone Mahomes and sign him as his own backup, maybe. That's pretty much the only thing. Patrick Mahomes mania is the only thing that I can even compare it to as a lifelong Kansas City and a Chiefs fan is when Joe Montana said he was going to be the future quarterback of the Chiefs. Besides that, there's really nothing else that I can ever remember. It's crazy. I think one thing they could do is maybe actually sign Bashad Breland. That might help. Yeah, please. One of these days. Keith, what are the chances Sammy is like Samson and cutting off his hair will take away his special powers? I actually am a little bit worried about that. You showed me the picture. I have to be completely honest. I would have never recognized that that was Sammy Watkins. That was me today. Honestly, he, I, he passed by. I said, I recognize this person. Who is it? You, the guy that cut his hair and lost his powers was Samson. That's right. And this is Sammy. I'm not saying. I'm just saying it's a bit concerning. And Sammy's been known to believe in mythological creatures. There's a connection there. He's the lizard king. AP commenter, 2 p.m. future. Wants to hear more about the potential of the enemy. Is he really going to have say when it comes to the game day scripted input? Or will he kind of fall into line behind Coach Reed and more or less be the voice of reasoning? He's absolutely going to be the latter. There's no way he's going to have play calling selection. When you've got a guy like Andy Reed that's thought of to be an offensive guru, a quarterback genius, what do the Chiefs have right now? A quarterback that needs some guidance and an offense that potentially could be sky high. Why would you give a rookie offensive coordinator the reins? It doesn't make sense let, and they won't. Let me talk from experience. I used to work for the Chiefs. You want one rule about the Chiefs? Andy Reid signs off on everything. If you ever have a question, is Andy Reid in control of this? The answer is yes. Kyle, what is Andy Reid? Speak of the devil done in the past with so many weapons. Do any years with the Eagles compare to what he has now? I can't recall a year when he's had this many weapons. Not this type of weapon. If you think about like the show, he had Deshaun Jackson, so he had the speed wide receiver. He had multiple really good Shady. running backs. Yeah, Shady McCoy for a couple of years there. Donovan McNabb is nothing like, if you really think about what the Chiefs have at the quarterback position, whether what Alex Smith was or what Patrick Mahomes is going to be, 
and that's such a big X factor that I'm going to say, no, he really never has these type of toys. There is no, there's no chance. I think he's got the most dynamic personnel he's ever had. I think that's one of the most dynamic groups of personnel that I've ever seen. He's got vertical stretches. He's got a tight end that runs like a, like a wide receiver, and he's got a great running back. It's going to be fun to watch. The thing about those Philly teams, guys, is they were really good in all facets of the game. They had good offense. They were really good at special teams, but they also usually had a top-end defense, which the Chiefs clearly don't have. So is this Andy Reid's most talented team? Definitely on the offensive side of the ball. When you talk about an entire roster, I'm not sure I'm ready to go there just yet. One more question very quickly, Jared. When it, when it comes to the Chiefs' pass rush, is your biggest concern the scheme or the personnel? I'm going to go with the personnel. I feel fine with the scheme. It's it's the personnel. Let's hope they can get home. That's huh? it for the show, Pete, unless you want to say one more word. One more word. You got one word, literally. Thank you, Jeff. That was three words. You broke the rule. That's Pete Sweeney. That's Ken Swanson. Thanks to Jeff, the Uber driver, Chris Unocero on the wheels. I'm the sports machine, Sean Levine, signing off right here on Arrowhead Pride Radio.